Welcome to another episode of Matter of Mindset, a podcast to help you create a happier, healthier mind so you can reduce stress, find calm and take better care of yourself. My name's Emily and I'm a mind and movement coach. I help people to improve how they're feeling, what they're doing and the way they're living through mind and movement coaching so they can feel happier and healthier and make positive changes in their life. I do this one-to-one through my coaching business. I run workshops as well in person and online and run events in Manchester too. So on today's episode, I'm going to be talking you through how you can improve your sleep. I'm going to be talking all about sleep because good quality sleep is fundamental to our well-being. It's often something that we neglect or that we really struggle with. And it's only in recent years that researchers have found how important it is for our mental health, how instrumental it is as one of the foundations, one of the pillars, if you like, of our well-being is sleep, if not the, the most important to replenish us, to restore us and keep us as healthy mentally, physically and emotionally as possible. It's also Sleep Awareness Week this week. So I wanted to create a resource to help you as we are talking about this topic more this week in the wellbeing industry. So this episode is going to explore a little bit why sleep is so important, but then the majority of it is going to be some top tips that you can start to think about that will help you to think how you can start improving your sleep for better well-being. And I'm going to go through it in a four, a kind of four-part structure We're going to go through what you can maybe do in the morning, the daytime, the evening and the nighttime to improve your sleep. Now, this is quite an interesting concept to some because many people think that to improve our sleep, we have to be looking at the evening and the nighttime routines and what we're doing. When actually the morning and the daytime and what we do in those moments, in those hours can have a really, really big impact on the quality of our sleep. So we're going to discuss what you could maybe decide to do in the mornings and in the daytime too. Before I do dive into this and this guidance and advice, I do want to just make it clear that I'm not a medical expert or a researcher who specifically is an expert in sleep. So if you are struggling with sleep, then these tips will help you because they are based on evidence and they're based on research that I have found on predominantly the Sleep Charity Organization website and the NHS website too, as well as other sources. But I just want to say that if you're really struggling with sleep, consult your GP or your health professional. I think it's really important that we remove the stigma around having bad sleep because there are ways in which you can improve it and work upon it as well, both with your health professional and um, by listening to advice like this too. Remember as well that you're not alone if you do have issues with sleep or insomnia perhaps as well. I'm going to signpost you to a few supportive things as well in the show notes, so make sure you have a little look at those. Right now though, I am going to share some really effective ways that you can improve your sleep. But first, a really quick recap on why sleep is so important. Well, it's because if we have a lack of it, then we're really going to impact our emotional, physical and mental well-being, as I said before. 
We need sleep to restore our bodies and its cells. We need it to rest and digest and activate what's known as the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps us to do those things. It also helps us to repair the body and replenish and restore our energy systems. Better quality sleep is going to improve your health, your happiness, your productivity, your mood, your relationships, and how you function mentally, physically, and emotionally. So it is a really core thing to try to work on. So let's dive in gently, and I'm gonna break it down, as I said, into morning, day, evening, and night. And then we'll go through a few other factors that you can consider bringing into your day to hopefully get more rest and a better night's sleep too. So let's go into the morning first. So in the morning, it's really important that you try to wake up at the same time of day. Now, the reason to do this is because we all have what's known as a circadian rhythm and we need to try and keep these the same. This is the, the systems that we sort of live by in terms of how we're connected as well to nature in a way, but it's our bodily systems of how we react to daylight as well and how we respond to certain hours of our day and how our rhythms move throughout the day with our mood. So one way to keep our mood kind of consistent or as consistent as possible uh, and our energy is to keep a regular sleep and wake schedule. So keeping regular hours of sleep helps the body to actually stay in harmony and it promotes feelings of sleepiness and drowsiness as well when your body is ready for sleeping. So when you wake up at the same time each morning, your body clock is created. Same with when you go to bed and that's that um, you know, circadian uh, rhythm I was talking about. So you need to make sure you're trying to wake up at the same time each morning and going to bed at the same time as at night, because then your body knows. Okay, right, great, it's time to go to sleep. The next one to think about building into your day, which many of you may know that I do if you follow me uh, on Instagram, is to get into natural light as soon as practically possible in the morning preferably around the same time every day. The reason for this is because natural light can help to reset that internal body clock and it helps us get over feeling groggy when we've just woken up and it helps us to be alert. Having sunlight go into our, our eyes is actually activating part of our brain to really produce the right hormones that we need to get ourselves through that day and to feel, as I said before, less groggy and more alert and ready to see that day. Now, it can be hard, of course, to get outside and get moving, but if you do try to instill this into your morning routine, you will see a difference, hopefully, in that sleep quality. So try and get outside first thing, get that natural light into your eyes even if it's cloudy or a gray day, can still be effective. So we're gonna move into what you could consider doing now in the daytime. Of course, uh, you many of us do different things in the day, but there are just two things I'm gonna talk about that you could maybe consider doing. The first one is engaging in some form of exercise. Now this is just an invitation, but obviously as a movement coach, I'm always gonna be promoting 
the importance of movement and exercise for a better well-being. And exercise is proven to improve the quality of our sleep. It actually also helps to improve the quantity of it and it makes it deeper and more refreshing as well. Something I will say in regards to exercising though is to make sure you don't do it too close to bedtime because if we do it too close to bedtime it can actually prevent us sleeping well. So I'd suggest leaving a window of at least you know four hours to two hours before you go to bed because of course sometimes you might have found you've done exercise and then you're quite like you're quite wired from that. You're feeling good and you may be not able to wind yourself down. So that's something to consider. And that's where you may think about movement in a different way. You may think about maybe building in some yoga perhaps into your evening, some slow yoga, but we'll talk about that in in a few minutes as well when we get to that section. Another thing you could do in the daytime, which is something that many researchers have talked about for years, is to try and avoid stimulants like caffeine, preferably eight hours before you go to bed. Now, this is can be annoying if you love coffee or you love the afternoon boost of caffeine, but it, is, it has such a significant impact on your sleep time. So it's quite important to maybe just watch the clock and try and maybe have decaf coffee or tea or whatever you decide to do in the afternoon. Trying to just give yourself enough time between that last caffeine intake and when you're going to go to sleep, just so it doesn't interfere with your ability to get off to sleep. Interestingly, you know, this doesn't affect everyone, which I find fascinating when someone says, yeah, I can have a coffee straight before bed and, and go to bed. But just just kind of try it out and see, it, you know, if you do know, yeah, actually, I know caffeine impacts my sleep. Try maybe this week to just play around with it, maybe having one at 12 rather than three and then seeing if it helps you with this week and it's a little bit different. Now we've looked at the morning and the daytime, I'm going to move into what you can decide to build into the evening time and then the night time. So one thing I would say is in the evening, and not everyone's day is structured like this, but if you tend to work typically a kind of, I'll say nine to five, even though we'd probably laugh and say it's nine to, you know, eight, which many of my clients suffer with. So let's say you do work a kind of nine to five or nine to six job. So in the evening, what you could make sure that you do to improve and prepare for sleep is remove any kind of signs of work from your home or the environment that you're in. Uh, This is especially important if you work from home. So set up your environment, which is such an important thing for not only our mental health, but our sleep. So make sure you remove anything that is going to remind you of work before you go to bed, because that's going to trigger maybe your stress, but it, it could also just trigger your creativity trigger you wanting to be productive so out of sight out of mind put your laptop or anything related to work out of sight as well now for the biggie that many of you know again that I talk about a lot is let's think about our digital well-being here let's think about reducing our use of electronics before bedtime and also in the bedroom 
So using our devices and our phones just before bed and in the bedroom can actually keep us awake for far longer. And the reason is, which you probably heard of, is that the blue light from these devices has that capacity to prevent the hormones that make us sleepy. So basically what happens is if you are looking at your phone light, your body is unable to produce the right amount of melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, the hormone that is normally going to help you to go to sleep from being produced as effectively. So this is because our natural body used to be able to go, okay, it's now gone dark and it would then start to produce this this hormone, this natural substance that would help you get to sleep. So now that we have devices like TVs and phones and all sorts of things that have this artificial light, we are staying up much longer than our bodies are kind of wanting to. And this leaves us not producing that hormone that is essential to get us to sleep. So then what happens if we've been staring at our screens just before bed, our body gets confused and it doesn't think it's time to go to sleep. You know, you might be like, oh, I've watched my TV program. I'm going to go to sleep now. So when we finally want to go to sleep, we sometimes don't have enough of that hormone, that melatonin to get us there. So it's just important that you check in with your device usage before bed. Now I know this can be a tricky one because many of my clients can can kind of say to me, but watching TV before bed relaxes me, helps to kind of ease my mind. So what I would try to suggest to you if that's you is ease into changing this habit. If you do watch TV in bed or on your phone before you go to sleep, can you try and listen to something instead? So you've still got your device there, but can you listen to something instead of looking at a visual? Another switch, if that is maybe too hard for you, and this is not going to help with the blue light situation, but it's to change the content that you're consuming. Make sure it's not too stressful and also just make sure it's relaxing if you're going to actually engage in using your screen. My kind of main advice though would be to try and get into the habit of not having your electronic devices in your bedroom at all. Try to actually put your phone to bed in the evening before you go to bed. Sounds weird, but put it in a separate room away from you. And over time, you'll really feel the impact this has on your sleep. The quality of your sleep will get so much better too. There is something that you can use if you do tend to work on screens late at night is a software called Flux, which you can install on your laptop and your phone. And this softens the light on your screen at night so that it doesn't disrupt that production of melatonin as much. You can also set up functions on your phone, on some phones, to change the kind of intensity or brightness of this light. But essentially, we want to try not to put any unnatural light into our, our eyes and our systems just before bed. So with the evening, what we can do, as well as thinking about our sort of engagement with devices and, ele and electronics, is we can try to think of other activities that are going to help to wind us down, that are going to help to rest and relax us. And this is where I'll talk again about the parasympathetic nervous system. So we've got two sort of nervous, well, we've got 
many nervous systems in our body, but the main two in the sort of autotomic nervous system, we have our parasympathetic nervous system and our sympathetic nervous system. So our sympathetic is where we're in that fight flight sort of mode, obviously the freeze and fawn too, but for, for kind of briefly explaining it, it's the fight flight zone, you know, very, very active, we're stimulated. Whereas the parasympathetic nervous system is that rest and digest system that I talked about. This needs to be activated to relax the body, to allow it to rest and digest and do all the things it needs to do in our body to restore and replenish and repair. So we need to engage in activities that are going to activate that system because that is only good for the body. Sleep is one of them, but to prepare us for sleep, we need to try and engage in relaxation techniques. So this can be anything from uh, meditation, breathing and yoga as well. So a few things that you could be engaging in there, you know, meditation, breathing and yoga. And what I'm going to do is signpost you to some free resources uh, from a really good friend and colleague um, from Cariad Yoga. Ariane is really passionate about helping people with their sleep. So I'll share some free resources in the show notes. Um, Ariane has put together some free practices that she'll be sharing this week for Sleep Awareness Week to help you do some yoga to actually support your sleep rhythms and improve them. So try and think about what you could do movement-wise to relax your body, breathing-wise as well. Even just taking some deep breaths before you actually try and get to sleep can help to activate that parasympathetic nervous system. Of course, I couldn't do a podcast without mentioning journaling. Again, if you know me as a coach, you know I'm passionate about journaling and, and the power it has to improve our mental health. Well, it can actually improve our sleep as well. Of course, many of us can go to sleep with worries and anxieties kind of in the forefront of our minds. And tech advances that too, but we can journal to process these worries and anxieties just before bed. So before bed, could you start a journaling practice? Could you maybe even let out these worries and concerns that you've got, just free writing about them? And then I would suggest also trying to think, well, what went well in that day? So that you're going to bed, having kind of processed and dumped those thoughts, but also then thinking about, okay, those are the challenges, but what went well? Then you can leave those thoughts and those challenges in your book, in your journal and go to bed. And it'll take time and you might still think about those things. But we all know that when we've written something down or told someone, something that we're worried about we feel better for releasing it so try to build that as a habit into your evening practice as much as possible i'm going to share a few more things that you can do in the evening before we move on to that sort of nighttime period as well so i have mentioned already the kind of environment that we are in but i mentioned it in regards to tech and removing kind of signs of work Uh, before going to bed or moving into that evening. So it's really important that you prime your environment, so your bedroom, to feel peaceful and to help you feel relaxed. So is it tidy? Is it tech-free, as we've mentioned? Is it peaceful? Is it a place you're going to walk into and feel relaxed? Because that 
will support your sleep even more. We're often triggered by what we see. It kind of triggers how we feel and can heighten our anxiety. So make sure your bedroom is a peaceful place. Also, another one to remember is actually making sure that your bedroom is cool, its temperature is cool, because that will actually improve your sleep. Many of us think, you know, it's nice to be cozy and warm, but actually sleeping in a cooler temperature improves the quality of our sleep. So moving into sort of nighttime things that we can consider here. So something I like to do before I go to bed, and I've done my journaling routine, I've put my phone in the other room, and I'm ready to get into bed and relax. Something I'll do is I'll actually use some lavender oil and I'll put it on my pillow and my duvet. And this is actually now proven to help improve the quality of your sleep, which is amazing. Not only does it smell nice and it's relaxing anyway to smell it, but it's now proven by modern science that it can decrease your heart rate, it can decrease your blood pressure, And it can lower that skin temperature as well, which is that important factor in getting that sleep, you know, that cool temperature I just mentioned. So can you use natural sort of essential oils like lavender oil to aid your relaxation? Also, the power of this is you're going to create an anchor to stimulate that response. So what I mean by that is if you use lavender oil, your sense of smell is going to associate that with bedtime and relaxation time sending a signal to your brain that it's time to relax it's time to go to bed now lavender oil has been used in sort of ancient greek times roman times in you know roman baths and things to help the clients that went there relax and as i said now modern science has confirmed the power of lavender so don't underestimate the things that we often think could be a bit woo woo this stuff is now proven to work. So give that a try too, as well as engaging in those relaxation techniques that I've spoken about already. So the final few thoughts then, particularly in regards to the nighttime, is that, you know, you're in bed, you've done everything that I've said, yet you are, maybe you're watching the clock because you are awake and you're kind of like oh I'm awake it's midnight or it's 1am or whatever the time is so what I'm going to do now is tell you to do something that you might be like oh I really don't want to do that but can you actually remove seeing that clock because it's going to increase your anxiety even more knowing what time it is and telling yourself I'm not being I can't sleep the time's too late, I'm not going to get enough sleep, that's going to stress you out more. So what you need to try and get into the habit of doing is doing the wind down routines I've mentioned, and then turning off that kind of visual cue of what time it is. I have an alarm clock in my bedroom where I can turn the uh, screen off, so I won't see what time it is. And honestly, this will reduce your anxiety levels and help you to fall asleep a little bit better too. I think something that's important to mention is that often people can wake up in the night and again, berate themselves for being awake. Like, oh, why am I awake? I can't sleep. I'm not good at sleep. So instead of ruminating and staying in bed, if this goes on for more than 15 minutes, then my best advice would be to get up get out of bed and go into another room maybe even try and read a book 
or listen to a sleep cast or meditation or journal maybe if you are ruminating try and write it down again and brain dump so that you're putting it in its place so you can leave it there and try to go back to sleep but mainly remove yourself from the bedroom read or listen to an audiobook or something relaxing to also distract your mind from berating you for not getting good sleep and then return to your bedroom when you feel like yep yeah, I'm feeling sleepy again we're just not we're not meeting ourselves with resistance we're not being self-critical we're just accepting that we have woken up we're going to remove ourselves from that situation try and get sleepy again and then head back to the bedroom and try again the next day because improving our sleep takes time and if you try to engage in the things that I've said today then you'll hopefully be on the road to a better quality sleep. These things as I say do take time to experiment with and sort of embed especially if you have had a tricky sleep rhythm and you found it hard to get a good night's sleep but I hope what I've shared has been useful. The final thing I will say though is that as well as doing all those interventions and those sort of coping strategies, maybe you could track your sleep if you don't already. So you don't necessarily need to do this through wearable tech. You could complete a sleep diary that could help you to notice when you are waking up when you're going to sleep as well and also tracking those times too so you get into that rhythm of having a regular sleep and wake schedule. You can of course do this using a wearable device. I now sometimes do that just to see how I've slept and this allows you to see when you're in deep sleep, when you're in that REM state and when you're in light sleep too. And learning more about sleep can actually help you to prioritize it even more and want you to kind of work on getting a deeper sleep and waking up less in the night too. It can also just give you more awareness to maybe when you are waking up in the night and you maybe hadn't realised before. If you'd gone, why am I so tired? Sometimes having this data from wearables can help just raise your awareness a little bit more too. So that's been everything for today's episode. I hope you have found that valuable. As I mentioned, I just wanted to share with you some tips that I've found so useful in the past to improve sleep, tips that I've shared with clients and proven tips that are based on the evidence from charities and the NHS too of how you can improve the quality of your sleep day to day. So that's it for today's episode. If something has resonated with you or you'd like just extra support perhaps with uh, lifestyle changes, whether it is to do with your sleep because that's impacting other parts of your life, then email me at matterofmindcoaching at gmail.com or you can follow me on Instagram at Emily Brennand. And remember, I'll be putting some really helpful resources in the show notes for you to uh, look at and read and use as well to improve your sleep and your rhythms. So before you go, I've got a really important announcement to make, which I did share on last week's podcast. But for anyone who didn't listen to that episode, I'm just going to let you know about a 12 week online program that I am running from May 2022. So a few months away, not far to go. It's going to be a group coaching program to help you create a happier, healthier mind. 
I'm going to help you to reduce the stress in your life and create more calm. The program is called Matter of Mind and its aim is to teach you to create more balance, have more boundaries and be more you. You know, three things I think we all want, but often we get overwhelmed with where to start and we feel a bit stuck. So you will have my support every single week for 12 weeks. I will give you the knowledge and the tools that you need to create that balance, have those boundaries and be more you. And I'll be there every step of the way to support you. So I'd love you to enroll. It's my first course that I'm running, so I'm really, really excited for it. And I'm putting a lot of time and energy into it to help you. So if you want to register, then again, follow the link in my show notes. And if you do follow me on Instagram, you can always ask me any questions too, all about it. So I really hope you're interested to enroll in the course. Also, the final thing I'd ask is, can you just hit follow and the subscribe button to this podcast so that other people can uh, see it and it will come up more easily for them. And then I can help even more people to feel happier and healthier. So until next time, take care and be kind to your mind. Thank you.